many Friends fans do we have out there? <laughs> uh, thanks, man, for putting that together and playing that as an intro for us. Uh, I told Brandy when I put this mic on, I feel like uh, Garth Brooks, so I feel like I should be singing Friends in Low Places, but uh, she said that's probably a bad idea for me to start singing, so uh, I will avoid that. So, um, Like Pat said, um, I am Jason Roy. I'm one of the elders here at the church. Um, this is my beautiful wife, beautiful wife Brandy, and today we're going to be talking about friendship. Um, there are so many things that we need to be thankful for or can be thankful for nowadays, and uh, one of those is, is friendship. You know, last week Eric spoke on community, we're speaking on friendship, and then the Johnsons, wherever they are, are going to speak about family. And those are all three things, huge things that we need to be thankful for. Um, when Pat came to us and said, I want you guys to speak on friendship, Brandon said, sure, we would, we would love to speak. And then when we went back and started talking to each other, we, we thought, oh gosh, friendship. You know, we've, we've been on the receiving end of a lot of, of, of things that we're so thankful for from a friend standpoint, but sometimes we're not the best intentional friends. You know, we get wrapped up in our own craziness with our kids' activities and, and what we have going on that we're not good intentional friends. You know, I've got some friends that I can think of two or three of them that call me on a daily or weekly basis and just to check in and say, hey, Jason, what, what's going on with you? And, and I'm guilty of not doing that. That's something that, that we've got to work on, something that we've got to be better at. And so when Pat came to us and asked if we could talk about friendship, I thought, gosh, we're not qualified for that. And then I thought, it reminded me, it's not a verse, but it's a quote that somebody told me a long time ago, and that's that God doesn't qualify. He qualify. Sorry. Thank you. See, I need her in life. So God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And um, we're, we're receiving just as much from this as I hope that you guys do as, as we talk about friendship and being thankful for that. Um, there have been so many examples of friendship in this church since we've been here. I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is the day we decided to move back. We used to live in Port Neches. We went to First Baptist Groves where a lot of you guys went. We moved to Sour Lake for five years and uh, off in the woods. And we decided to come back here because mainly friends and family were here ultimately is what brought us back. And I told a couple of guys that, that are still at church here, I said, hey, we're, we're moving back. And they said, oh, great, we'll, we'll help you move which I thought, oh, good, we're going to have two or three people come show up to help us move. I was shocked to find out when we got to our, our new home, there were 25 or 30 people from this church to, to help us move. Some of them we had known for a long time. Some of them we had met one time. Some of them we had never met, and yet they were sacrificing their time for us and, and, and uh, giving us active friendship through that. Um, that's one big example. I've seen examples through meal trains, you know, through small groups stepping up to support each other. Um, sometimes we go through rough patches, whether it be cancer or there'd be divorce, whether you're sick. And I've seen so many small groups step up and say, okay, uh, these people are down right now. We're going to provide meals for them. And that's a true example of friendship that, that we need to be thankful for. And that hit home to us recently in July. We all got COVID, <laughs> my family, and we, and we were quarantined for three weeks. And our church friends and family stepped up and brought us food when we couldn't get out. And for that, I'm very thankful. Um, I've seen celebrations of accomplishments together. You know, I've seen our friends' kids get married. I've seen our friends have kids. I've seen our friends have grandbabies. I've seen so many things that we've come together as a church and we've celebrated. And I'm thankful for those things. On the flip side of that, we've also mourned together, you know. Um, life's not always, what'd you say, unicorns and whistles? <laughs> Rainbows and unicorns, see, again. I, uh, 
but so we, we do go through some rough patches in life, right? And, and there's cancers, there's divorce, there's loss of loved ones. And, and I've seen this church step up as a, as a church and a family to encourage and strengthen, strengthen each other during that time. And for that, I'm, I'm thankful. If we can encourage each other to, to, and I've seen us encourage each other to grow closer to Christ. You know, I think we go through tough times in our life and, and, and we think, I'm all alone, I'm going to run from God. And I've seen us go to each other and say, hey, you're not alone. I'm with you. And, and, and you just need to dive into scripture. You need to find hope and peace and strength in that. And so I'm thankful that we have friends that encourage us to grow closer in our, to God and, and stronger in our faith. I see the things like this in this church all the time, and I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for this family. I'm grateful for the friends that we have in this church. Um, God has surrounding us, surrounded us with an amazing church family, an amazing group of friends. And so that's what we're going to focus today is, is just on friendship relationships, how we can be better friends to other people. And so Brandy and I are going to be going back and forth, so just uh, bear with us as we go ahead. And I'll let Brandy take the, the mic. It's mostly going to be... On this end, so just saying. And I'm she'll just, just feel it and correct me yeah. when I need help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to keep him company mostly. But, um, and do you have a little I do. Right. Look, at, Look that. at that. Okay, uh, to get started, uh, we're just going to talk about what is friendship. And uh, this is a great quote from C.S. Lewis in his book, The Four Loves. And it says, friendship is unnecessary, like philosophy, like art. It has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things which gives value to survival. So, essentially, um, friendship is not something that we need to survive, like air, water, or food, or shelter. Um, but instead, it's one of those things that makes the surviving worthwhile. So as we begin to dive into scripture, looking about friendship and, and scriptural examples of, of what a true friend should do, should, what they should be like, there's a lot of them out there. But we came across one, um, it's kind of an unlikely friendship story, and that's of David and Jonathan. I got to get used to this clicker. Uh, it's a story of David and Jonathan. I think most of us have a, a small idea of who David is, right? David was the, the, the shepherd who, who took the stone and the sling and he took down Goliath, the giant. But we don't know a ton about Jonathan and, and we don't really focus a lot on the relationship that those two had. But if you look here, Jonathan was a prince. So he was the son of Saul who was the king of Israel. Um, he lived in a, in, a, in a castle. David was a lowly shepherd. He worked in the fields tending his sheep. Jonathan was a warrior. He had his own army. He had his own armor. David, he was a musician. I can imagine him being out in the field with his sheep and just playing music for them and, and, and singing and, and, and having fun with his family. Jonathan was the oldest son, and he was in line to inherit the throne from his dad, King Saul. And yet, David, who was the youngest son was actually anointed to be the next king in place of, 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 uh, of Jonathan. Jonathan was of the tribe of Benjamin, and David was of the tribe of, of Judah. And despite all these differences, these are all differences, there's, there's no, no similarities here really whatsoever, but despite these differences, they were best friends, and, and probably the best example of friendship that we can find in the Bible in the world today. I think they had one thing that, that kept in common. Or the biggest thing that kept them in common was God. And I think with all the turmoil that's going on, the differences of opinions and what's going on in our world today, we think, well, they're Republican, they're Democrat. I can't be friends with them. I, I can't be friends with them. But the truth is, is if we can keep Christ as a center, 
that we, we can make the most unlikely f- uh, friendships work out. And so that's one thing that I want you guys to remember as we go through this. Okay, so like, so like you said, uh, it was an unlikely friendship. So why would a prince want to be friends with a young shepherd? Um, so we kind of have to look back in Scripture and see, well, how did they meet? Um, so... King Saul, he was king over Israel, and um, and sometimes he was tormented by these evil spirits, and um, and it would overwhelm him. And some may think that it was uh, depression or something like that, but he would just get overwhelmed with these evil spirits. So um, the God's prophet Samuel. Uh, knew about, knew of David, and he brought David to Saul's court um, to soothe him with his harp. So, um, so David would come to the court and uh, and would play his harp in order to to kind of like soothe Saul and and relieve him of those those depressing moments or those times whenever he had those evil spirits. And so the scripture says David, the way they met, David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep in Bethlehem. So he didn't stay on the court. He he went back and forth as he was needed, um, back and forth to the court. And um, and so this is how they met. And then, um, and then they became fast friends. Um, it, scripture says, as soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, um, Goliath, Abner, who was a hand of, uh, of the king, King Saul, he took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan, Saul's son, the prince, became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. So this is the first time that we're seeing that, um, that David and Saul were true friends. So they became fast friends, and, and Jonathan became that very supportive friend that, that David really needed. I'm going to read this scripture. 1 Samuel 18, 5 through 7 says, Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistines, the women came out from all of the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has, has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. When I read this, I think Jonathan had every reason to be jealous and and not like David. Uh, Everyone looked up to to David as a hero. The women were singing in the street that, man, David has killed ten thousands, but but Saul has killed thousands. Um, We see that uh, Jonathan's own dad, Saul, had put David at a high rank in his army. And, and it talks about all of the, the troops liking that. They liked him. They, they looked up to him. The officers looked up to him. And so he had, he had achieved this high thing. He was a hero in people's minds. And I think if you would put most of us, most men and, and women, in Jonathan's situation, in his shoes, we would have been jealous. Uh, we would have been threatened but you know what? Jonathan looked at it differently. Um, Jonathan truly looked at David's heart, and he saw what God saw. And, that, and that's what we've got to do. Um, get used to this clicker here. Uh, we have to look at, at what God sees in people. First uh, Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord does not look at things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I think a lot of times in this world, we measure people based on worldly standards. Um, And if we do that, we're using the wrong ruler to measure people. 
I think social media has made that worse. It's like a competition. Who can have the best baby reveal or the best baby shower? And, you know, when we post pictures on Facebook, we, we find the very best picture in our house. It may be the only place in our room that their house is decorated and clean, but, but, that's, what, but that's where we're going to take the picture because we want the world to think that we've got this perfect place we live in. And uh, that's not us. <laughs> our world is certainly not perfect, but we do probably have that one spot in the room we can use for Facebook pictures. So... But, but we can't look at those things and judge people based on those things, according to Scripture. We've got to look at their heart. And that's what Jonathan did for David. In uh, 1 Samuel 13, 14, it said, David was a man after God's own heart. And that's what Jonathan saw. He didn't see anything else going on, but he saw he was a man after God's own heart. So I've talked a little bit about the differences between Jonathan and David, but obviously they had some commonalities or they wouldn't be friends, right? You've got to have something that binds you together. So there were a couple things that, that binded them together. First of all, they were both warriors. And you may say, well, wait, you said they were warriors, but, but you also said that David was a shepherd. David started as a shepherd. After he killed Goliath, he became a warrior. He joined Saul's army and became a warrior. So they had that in common. They served in the same army. They were both men of faith who served a living God. And then thirdly, um, they were provided with God-given courage and strength. And I think the biggest example of that was when you look at David. David was a little guy. He was a shepherd. Um, he was very young. And, you know, Goliath stood there for days and challenged people. Come, come, come take me out. Come take me out. And it was to avoid war. And nobody would stand up. Nobody would do it. But, but you know what? David stood up and said, look, I'm weak. I know I can't do it. But if you give me some stones and a slingshot... I've got God on my back, and I know with God that I can do it. And, and I think that, like I said earlier, I think it doesn't really matter what we have as far as differencing of opinions. If we can put God in the center and, and make God the center of our relationship, we can make the most unlikely uh, friendships work. Okay, so um, they had differences. They had commonalities, um, things in, in common, but, um, but the most important thing about them is they built a covenant friendship. It wasn't just, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't just a, uh, word. You're supposed to fill in my words. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just where, you know, they just saw each other, on, you know. Casual friendship. Casual friendship. Is that, is that it? Right here. Rock and roll. Thank what you. What a team. Yes, we are. <laughs> was it just a casual friendship where, you know, they, they just saw each other every now and then and, you know, whatever. I don't really care about what's going on in your life and, you know, you probably don't care about what's going on in mine. It wasn't like that. It was a covenant friendship. So I wanted to define covenant. It's a usually formal, solemn, and binding agreement. And so they had this agreement, this binding agreement that held their friendship together. Um, there are lots of examples of covenants uh, in the Bible. Uh, in Old Testament, you know, God had covenants with Noah, with Abraham. He had covenants with the Israelites. He even had a covenant with, uh, with King David whenever David became king. Um, and the sad thing about it is all those covenants were broken um, by man. And, um, and then another example, uh, the greatest example of a covenant that we have is actually in the New Testament, and it's the new covenant um, that completely restored all of those broken covenants, and that was through um, God's Son, Jesus. 
Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Got off. I got off. My, my brain went crazy for a minute there. All right. Uh, so to talk about uh, how Jonathan and David uh, developed this covenant friendship, this is one of the first verses that um, that shows that they're given an oath to one another and that they're really developing a strong friendship. And it says, And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Now remember that because we're going to come back to that. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Now he was humbling himself to David. He was saying, um, this is how much I care about you and care about our friendship and our relationship together. We're, we're going to form this bond that can't be broken. Yeah. And sometimes we think, if you read that, you think, man, they're exchanging swords and clothes. And I'm not going to go to my new friend and give him my pants and say, hey, Kirby, we're going to be friends. Here's, here are my pants. Uh, but we do intercovenant relationships still today. And, and we think of a wedding. You know, we exchange the ring. Sometimes you tie knots together. Sometimes you do candles. And so we do still enter those covenant relationships. But as a friend, you don't have to be a big formal thing. It just has to be agreement that you got each other's back. And that's what Jonathan did. Um, after they made that covenant, Jonathan and proved to be a protective friend. Uh, and, and this is small, but I'm going to do my best to read it because uh, it's smaller on my paper. So uh, Jonathan proved to be a protective friend. In 1 Samuel 19, 1 through 6, Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan had taken great liking to David and warned him, my father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your, your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with you with my father in the field where you are. I'll speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his own hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won great victory for all of Israel, and you saw it, and you were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan and took this oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. So here you see that Saul wanted to kill David, but Jonathan stuck his neck out. Jonathan risked his own life. You know, he could have very easily gone to Saul and said, okay, Saul could have said, okay, fine. If you want to protect him, if you're his friend, if you want to stand up for him, I'll, I'll kill you too. You know, he, he, that, that could have easily happened. But Knowing that, Jonathan still laid his life down for his friend and put his life at risk. And he upheld his friendship by, by saving um, David's life here. The word I was looking for was acquaintance. There you go. I got it. Okay, <laughs> took me a minute, but I got it. Okay, um, so Jonathan proved to be um, a protective friend more than once. So, um, and <clears throat> I won't read all the verses about the New Moon Festival, but I'll just kind of give you a little synopsis. Um, so again, David knew Saul wanted to kill him. He knew it, and he tried to tell Jonathan, he, he wants me dead, and Jonathan didn't want to believe that his dad wanted to do that. Um, so they made a plan. <clears throat> David said, look, I'm not going to go to the New Moon Festival. Festival, and the way that your dad reacts, the way that King Saul reacts to that will prove to you he wants to kill me. And he was right. Saul um, was so angry. He was just bitter and angry about it. And, um, and his anger showed Jonathan that Saul wanted to kill him. And so, um, so they made a plan. Jonathan was able to, you know, tell David, okay, I understand, uh, how he's feeling about you. You need to be protected. And, and again, um, 
Paul, I'm sorry, Jonathan took care of David again. And um, we have a couple more promises of these friends, a couple more covenants that they made during this whole New Moon Festival situation um, in 1 Samuel 20, 16. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David saying, may the Lord call David's enemies to account, which would be Saul at this time. And Jonathan's saying this about his dad. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. That's the second time we're seeing that. And then again, another promise, another, another covenant um, during this situation. Jonathan said to David, go in peace for we have sworn, I was spelled sworn wrong. We have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord saying, the Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. So this covenant didn't just wasn't just between them, but it was also between them and their children as well. So we've seen two examples of Jonathan laying his life down for his friend David and, and sacrificing his life to, to save David's life. Um, and we see it again here for the third time in 1 Samuel 23. And again, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of chapter 23. But basically, uh, David is hiding out in the desert of Horish, and Saul finds out that he's there. And so Saul says, I'm going to bring my army and I'm going to go in and I'm going to kill David. Um, He's got, I've got him pinned down. I'm going to get him. And once again, you see Jonathan stepping up in the scripture. And what the scripture tells us in verse 16, it says is that, that um, he went to David, speaking of Jonathan, Jonathan went to David and helped him to find strength in God. So you see in other stories, the way he helped him is he went to Saul and he said, Dad, this is a great guy. You've seen what he's done. He's helped us. He's benefited us. Please don't, please have mercy on him. Please don't kill him. But this time he did it a little bit differently. He went to him and he said, um, David, it's going to be okay. We're going to find strength in God and we're going to make it through this. He said, don't be afraid of my father. He said, you're going to be king over Israel and I'm going to be second to you. Even though that he, he, he was next in line to be king, he said, I know that you're going to be king of Israel and I'm going to be second to you. And what we see in scripture over and over again here is that as soon as they go through this turmoil, this tough time, and then you see, okay, we've survived this together. Now we're going to make another covenant. And that's exactly what they did here. We've made this tough time. So you see in 1 Samuel 23, 18, the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Okay, so we went through, you know, the background of Jonathan and David. Now we're going to um, share with you the takeaways that we, um, that we want you to take from this, uh, their example as friends. And the first thing is that friendship is a gift from God. So I'm going to read another quote from C.S. Lewis's book, The Four Loves. In friendship, we think we have chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our births, a few more miles between certain houses, the choice of one university instead of another, the accident of a topic being raised or not raised at a first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, Ye have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for another. The friendship is not a reward for our discriminating and good taste and finding one another out. It is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. So it was no accident that Jonathan and David found each other. It was no accident. It was orchestrated. It was no accident that 
Jason and I met um, in strange, crazy, weird circumstances at, a, at the perfect timing. Um, and, you know, and now we're here with you guys. There's no accident um, that any of that happened. And it was no accident, of, again, like I said, that, um, that Jonathan and David met. They met so that we could have these examples of friendship um, given to us. And not only does God grant us friends in this life, but um, Jesus taught us by example as well. And here's a verse, a very familiar verse for all of us. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know a master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Second point is a true friend is true. What does that mean? I think sometimes when, you, when you're a friend, when things are going good, it's easy to be a friend, right? It's, it's, it's when things seem to be going badly that it makes it very difficult to be a friend sometimes with people. Scripture tells us in Proverbs 17, 17, it says, A friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for adversity. Jonathan had every reason to get up on David. I mean, they had so much stress in their relationship. It seems like every time they turned around, there was something going on. David was having to fight for his life. Jonathan was trying to help him. Jonathan was having to stick his, his neck out and, and, and at risk for losing his life. But Scripture tells us that, that, that through all of that, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it was, that David and Jonathan were faithful friends to each other. It says that he was a faithful brother to David. In 1 Samuel 23, 17, it says, You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. In the end, David remained faithful to the, even to the descendants of Jonathan after he, he was gone. Scripture tells us that, that he treated Jonathan's descendants as, his, as he would his family, even after he was long gone. So, let's be that friend that's not just there for the good times, but that friend that's there when the cancer's around, when the divorce is around, when, when people really need a shoulder to lean on and, and, and somebody to guide them. Okay, and the third takeaway is that a true friend loves you as he loves himself. And we heard that twice. We heard that twice in the verses about how Jonathan and David loved each other. And um, in the New Testament, this is exactly how Jesus tells us to love each other. Love your, na- love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and if there is any example of true friendship, it is Jesus' example um, of this type of love. Um, because, I mean, he gave up his life to save us. So he is the most amazing example of friendship that, that we have. Absolutely. And last but not least, um, a true friend helps you find strength in God. And I kind of skipped over that in verse 16 earlier when I, when I mentioned that. But 1 Samuel twenty three sixteen says, And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Guys, a true friend is going to help us to find strength in God. And, and we need to look for quality friends who are going to point us in the right directions. I think so many times in this world we surround ourselves by by people who, who don't have put God first. And, and, and sometimes when we go to them in situations, they, they, they guide us down the path that the world would take us. We, if, if we're surrounded by people who love God and, and have faith in Him, they're going to point us in the right direction. They're going to point us to Scripture that can give us encouragement. Um, but they're going to help us to lean on God. So look for people like that. Look for people like Jonathan to surround yourself with. But on the flip side of that, 
we also need to be that person for other people. We need to be strong in our faith. We need to, to dive into the word. We need to, when we go through tough times, to be able to lean on God. And, and people will see that, and they'll come to you in, in, in times of need. And, and you can be that friend and that encourager and point them in the right direction. If we can love each other, it's going to put us all in a better place. If we can take our differences aside and love each other, it's going to put us all in a better place. Uh, a true friendship like theirs should push you closer to God and, and not away from God. And then one other example that we don't have a slide for, um, but, but Brandy was thinking about this morning. She's like, you know, something else I'd love to say that we don't have a slide for. So I'll let her. When I was doing, when, when we were studying this, um, one huge thing stuck out to me, and that's the difference in the type of friend that Jonathan was and the type of friend that David was. We constantly see that Jonathan, you know, stuck out his neck for David. We constantly see that. We don't see, um, aside from David taking care of Jonathan's descendants, um, we see David being the recipient of all that Jonathan, um, that all that Jonathan did for him. And we can be all different kinds of friends. I feel like I'm more of a David, like he mentioned at the beginning. I feel like I'm more of a, a, a passive friend than an intentional friend. And um, But what I've, and I, and I thank you, Pat, wherever you are, for, um, for letting us do this study because it really has made me want to be more of a Jonathan. So just reiterating the four takeaways, a friendship is a gift from God. Um, it's not something we need like air, water, but it certainly does make this life easier when we have friends to lean on and friends to strengthen us, friends to encourage us. A true friend is true. A true friend's going to be there through the good times. They're going to be there through the bad times, not just when things are unicorns and Rainbows. Rainbows. Thank you. Thank you. A true friend loves you as he loves himself. And sometimes it's hard to love ourselves, right? Um, but we have to think, how would we want to be treated? And we've got to treat others in that same respect. And then a true friend helps you find strength in God. Guys, that's the biggest encouragement I give you today is surround yourself by, by friends who, who love God. Friends who can guide you down the right path when things aren't great. Or even when things are great can, can help you grow in your faith in Christ and strengthen yourself there. So I'm going to close a word of prayer. I thank you guys all for being here today and being attentive. And then after I pray, the queue's going to start. So if you guys can hang around and, and watch that and then we'll, we'll wrap up the lesson. You guys can go to lunch. Dear God, we just thank you for this day, God. I thank you for everybody that's, that's here, God. I, I thank you that you do give us amazing examples in the Bible that we can live by and glean truths from, God. I thank you for the example of Jonathan and David and the friendship that they had, God. I pray that, that you help us to find those lasting friendships where we can um, lay our life down for our friends, that we can encourage them and strengthen them, and that we can grow together in, in our faith with our friends, God. God, I, I pray that you just help us to do more than just hear these words, God, but help us to apply them to our lives, God. Help us to live for you in everything that we say and everything we do, God. We worship you and you. We, we, we love you for everything. Amen.